Well, hey everyone, this is Athena and welcome to the All Things Podcast, where we gather once a week to learn and share stories about how God works all things together, writing a story of good because He is faithful and good. Every Wednesday, I'll be chatting with a friend who I know and respect, one of our Redemption Press authors, who will not only share a personal Romans 8.28 story, but also help to give you tips and tools for your life journey. Two episodes a month, we'll have an additional interview with a well-known author, and the other two episodes will include a time for Insider Insights, where I'll answer publishing questions from our listeners. So hey, Let's get started. Well, welcome to our episode today of the All Things Podcast. I am here today with one of our newer Redemption Press authors, Paula Jausch, to kickstart our time together. And then during the second half of the show, we're going to be back with some insider insights into publishing and writing and all things books. So let's just start out with welcoming you to the podcast, Paul. It's great to have you with us today. Thank you, Athena. And thank you for having me. I'm really excited about this. And I'm just so glad that I came across Redemption Press um, last year. I think I found you guys online or social media. Yeah. Well, let um, I think there's probably some people listening today that don't know you, so I want to give you a proper introduction. So Paula Jausch is a trauma survivor, motivational speaker, and author who has a heart for the hurting. She shares a message of hope and freedom with churches, conferences, recovery programs, and schools. Her messages are rooted from her upbringing of growing up on the streets of Las Vegas, being surrounded by addiction, abuse, gang violence, and family dysfunction. She is a voice for the lost and broken. Her passion and heart's desire is to see lives healed and restored back to their true identity. So Paula's heart is leading people back to wholeness and healing. She tackles topics in her new book, Cross Addicted, Breaking Free from Family Trauma and Addiction. And boy, powerful, powerful message. She offers a hopeful path to recovery for those who are hurting and traumatized. What she has learned through her experience is that trauma may be the greatest mission field of the 21st century, A. Men. Yes. 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 Whoa. Yeah. And probably the most misunderstood issue of our day. And I wholeheartedly agree with that. Amen. Paula and her husband, Jeff, have four children. They reside in West Michigan. When they are not working, they enjoy a simple life. And with God's grace, they are figuring out the blended family journey. So, Paula, before we talk specifically about your book, Cross Addicted, I would love for our listeners to hear, I mean, I'm sure you have a gazillion Romans 828 stories in your life, but let's just hear whichever one you want to share with us that gives us a peek inside of God working all things together for good in your life. Oh, absolutely. Well, you know what? I'm going to start with childhood trauma. You know, childhood trauma is a key thing because since the point, since I was in my mother's womb, the enemy was out to destroy me, out to destroy my identity. I had many afflictions of just not even understanding childhood trauma my whole life for many years. It was, what is wrong with me? What is wrong with me? I think something was wrong with me. And that's where the enemy would want to keep me stuck and thinking something was wrong with me. But in the midst of being raised by parents who were addicted, being abused, being neglected and abandoned, God took all my woundedness and my brokenness and he healed me and restored me. And now he is helping me taking that brokenness and just sharing what I learned through that, you know, and the Romans 828 would be, he turns out all things for good is that 
He is the one, the Holy Spirit, that has given me the ability to, to even be able to explain the tools of how I got out. It just, mm. it, it amazes me because with all the trauma, I used to not even be able to talk properly. I was so right. afraid of people. Right. Well, and trauma, doesn't it uh, create arrested development where when you go through trauma at a young age, you kind of get stuck oh. and you don't mature yeah. like you should. Yep. And you know what, Athena? Um, Trauma is so tricky. Some people can have one episode of trauma. One people can have numerous episodes of trauma. Trauma started when I was a newborn baby, just being left with anybody and everybody. And then it continued with sexual abuse at a very young age from five and six. And then it just kept going and going. And so that is the key point that I talk about when I'm mentoring people or I'm counseling people is because I was super broken all over. My identity was shattered. So mm -hmm. I literally had to go to the author, the creator who created me and say, Lord, you got to restore me back to my true identity. There's a brokenness in me that I don't even know. I don't even understand. And what he did little by little started putting me back together until I became the woman of Christ who he created to me, me to be. But where people get stuck in the trauma, Athena, is they don't want to go through the process. They get so stuck of thinking it's not working, but you got to have faith and you got to keep going and you got to trust the process. So yes, trauma can keep you like stagnant at that age of when, whenever it happened. Mm. It's, it's a very tricky thing. Well, it is because so often we don't want, you know, we all come to know the Lord and we have all that in our past and we kind of get into this, well, we're a new creation. It's under the blood. We don't really have to deal with that, even though it's still affecting us yeah. and it's still, you know, practically gangrene because yeah. our, you know, the way we handle things is we want to avoid pain. So we just shove it down yeah. and we pretend it didn't happen or we try and forget it, yeah. self-medicate, whatever. But I love how God doesn't waste that pain. He yeah. will use that yeah. to prepare us to minister to others who have the same kind of yeah, wounds. For sure. And, and what's the popular saying that we hear all the time, Athena? There's a message in your mess and there's purpose in your pain. You know, we, we hear that yep. all the time, but guess what? There really is. And I have to, I would like to comment on what you just said, because you know what? I was in the Christian church for over 10 years and people are like, you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Therefore the old has passed away. And I would go to the altar and I would get my hands laid on me and don't get me wrong. You know, prayer is good. Prayer is a powerful thing, but I went home. I hated myself. I was tormented. The thoughts were there. The binge eating and the purging was still there. I felt alone and I felt isolated that people would tell me that I was a new creation and the old was passed away. But let me tell you something, trauma and memories get stored in the body until they are brought to the light and your mm -hmm. trauma is validated. Some yep. we need to be seen. I hear you. I see the hurt. I see the pain. We need to be validated and somebody to say, I see you, you know what? And I try to make that very clear in my book because I was so confused. And I put in my book, don't you dare tell somebody who's struggling with trauma just to get over it. We are not in charge of their healing process and how long their recovery is going to take, but we need to be mature enough to support them and walk by their side. And there needs to be more of us who are safe because yeah. when you go, it's not safe in a lot of churches to go in and say, I'm struggling with depression. I'm struggling with food addictions. I'm struggling with, you know, anything yeah. we're shamed yeah. instead of heard. Yeah. yeah. And that's got to change. You know, I'm going to share this with you, Athena. I was just on a national radio show the other day and I could not believe the messages that I got. And I'm just going to share a few with no names, but one was a pastor from Nigeria. And he said, ma'am, please help. I preach the word of God and I cannot stop looking at pornography and masturbating. Please, please help me. I prayed bold prayers over him. I went to my resource box and I gave him tons of things. And he says, ma'am, are you telling me that once I accept Yeshua, Jesus, that I will always be saved and forgiven. Don't I lose my salvation once I sin? And I said, no, you don't. So I have literally counseled, mentored him and sent him to the right resources. And he, 
and even my um, seven day devotion that's free on my website, he's like, I've never heard anybody teach on that. Thank you. Thank you. And then this other man said to me, these are men, pastors in the church, have nobody to talk to. He says, I um, was raped when I was 18 years old and I've been to counseling, but they've never said it was trauma. 30 years later, I'm struggling with porn addiction. Do you think I have trauma? And I said, oh, brother, I am so sorry that nobody has ever validated your trauma. Absolutely. Let me send you to some resources. And so I sent him to a male friend of mine because I believe a male should be um, like ministering to these men. That's just my philosophy. Everybody doesn't have to agree with me. But you know what? This is three weeks later, and he is still ministering with this guy that I mm. referred him to, all from a national radio. And so people want to be heard. People want help, Athena, and they're scared to tell the church because people will judge them and we can't, we can't judge people, you know, that just alienates them and makes them isolate, which is what the enemy, then the enemy wins. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, he keeps them in their secrets. I like to say that we become as sick as our secrets because when we have secrets and the enemy says, don't talk. And don't tell and don't trust anybody. Just keep it isolated. And then we're locked in up. We're locked up in a prison of torment that we can't get free from. And so people are like, Paula, well, why do you share your story? Oh, my gosh. Like everything that you've been through, you know, um, the stuff that I share are very detailed in my book. Because you know what? I got out. I got out. And like I, my new saying is, is if we don't know how to do something, we're looking on YouTube. We're looking online. And so you know what? If I got out of all the addiction, self-destructive patterns, you better believe I'm going to write a book and tell people how I got out, which points you to Jesus. It gives you yeah. steps, guidance, and tools, but it points you to Jesus, the one who died on the cross for us to be free. Mm. Amen. Amen. So let's hear a little bit about your journey in actually feeling the prompting to write your story and getting through the writing and publishing process. Well, thank you, Athena, for actually asking me that question, because it was, like you said, a process. And I really want to encourage the listeners first, before I even explain my process, that if you feel like God has put in a story in you, I really want to encourage you to start blogging, start journaling, or start documenting stuff on a Word document. And the best advice that stuck out to me is that somebody said, just write, worry about the editing process later, just write what's on your heart, because that's usually what people need to hear. And it took me five years to write this book. There's like, I learned from interviewing many writers and author that anytime you write, there's always going to be that little scratch in the back of your head, like a self doubt, but you just got to push through it and you got to keep writing. And the number one voice that you'll usually hear or the enemy would be nobody's going to read this what are you doing you're not going to be able to help anybody you but you got to push through that yeah who do you think you are but you got to push through that because you know what I, I think I shared earlier on the podcast is if we don't know how to do something, we go online and we YouTube it. And you know what? Your story matters. Your story just may be the key to unlock somebody else's prison of what they're struggling with. And so it's so important. And the bonus of it, when you write your story, healing takes place. Healing takes place. And so it's just, and there's so much tools out there now with, with editors who are willing to help you, you know, publishing companies, especially, you know, Redemption Press, you guys have done an amazing job helping me get my book out there, you know, when I came to you and a beautiful cover. And so I just, it's a process, but it's, but you know what, it's, um, it's kind of like weight loss. You know, you, you have it stack, you do the little things every day, and then it adds up to the big project. And then the books done. Right, right. Amen. Right. So, um, so tell, tell us, we, I mean, we've already talked a little bit about what your book is about, but, but give us a little more detail mm -hmm. um, on the book and why you chose the topic. Yeah, absolutely. And so, Cross Addicted, Breaking Free from Family Trauma and Addiction is about my story, but it's not just my story. It's also tools and guidance to help the readers overcome, you know, how to break free from trauma and addiction. Um, 
I grew up in addiction. My father was an alcoholic and drug addict. If he wasn't in jail, he was in prison. If he wasn't in prison, he was in a mental hospital. And my mother was addicted to him, constantly chasing him around. And she left us kids everywhere. I think I was only one week old when he attempted suicide for who knows how many times. That was just his thing. And right when I was a newborn, I had to go live with other family members. And trauma just, it was always... Um, you know, abuse, raging alcoholic in and out of the home, being left everywhere. And I remember living on a small farm when I was a little girl, when I was eight years old, and we moved to Las Vegas. And it was such a culture shock for me in the middle of the third grade. And bullying started. But in sixth grade, I started using drugs and alcohol because it was introduced to me. And I remember the first time I used drugs and alcohol, I was like, wow, this is actually making me feel good. Like I kind of forgetting about what's going on at home. But then things started to manifest. In seventh grade, I became very angry. Kids with trauma who can't express usually have a lot of anger and they act out in violence and they act out in fighting. And I, I got involved with gang violence. And then I got pregnant at 15 years old and had my first baby actually at 15 years old. And so all these behaviors were an acting out of growing up in that environment of addiction and dysfunction and abuse. But you know what? As a kid, as a teenager, I didn't know what trauma was. I couldn't go to somebody and say, I have trauma. Help me. No. It It was when I was a woman and I'm struggling with, why do I want to cut my body? You know, in my early 20s and my, you know, just the early 30s, the binging and purging and the struggling with addiction and self hate. Why is that still there? And so I gave my life to Christ at 21. So it was from 21 years old to about 32 years old. I'm like, what is going on? Why can't I break free? I'm going to Christian counseling. I'm getting prayed over. Why can't I break Mm. free? And finally, I went to a counselor who was not Christian and was secular. And she says, have you ever heard of PTSD? And I said, no, post um, traumatic stress disorder. And I said, no, she goes, well, I've never met somebody with your level of trauma. And I've been a trauma therapist for years. And, and I said, well, I don't care about that. Help me with my eating disorder. And she says, I'm not going to talk to you about food, but I want to know what happened Mm. to you as a child. That was the first person Mm. who ever did that. The first person. And I went on an intense journey with her of unraveling my childhood I believe the Lord brought back memories that needed to be exposed. I really believe that the Lord brought her to me. Then I would come home and just wrap myself in a blanket and soak mm-hmm. with Jesus because I was, I was so overwhelmed for my body was feeling trauma. I was cause literally um, scientific research shows that trauma gets stored in the body and the tissues of your bones and in your brain. And I struggled with something for years called disassociation. And I would, I would like to let the readers know what that is. It's, it's literally when you detach physically and emotionally. So if somebody's talking to you, you don't even hear, but because there was so much trauma and as abuse as a child, my brain used the tactic of disassociation for a long time. And this is what caused me to be illiterate until the age 21 years old, because my brain could not absorb any wow. information. Wow. And that's, I mean, that is comma with PTSD, um, trauma survivors, just that um, the disassociation thing. I mean, that is how we try and protect ourselves when we're going through that trauma mm-hmm. is you know, it's better to just be somewhere else than, you know, that's a safety mechanism. It's, it's like God created us that way to, to be able to do that. Yeah. I I truly believe that Athena, like as what I went through as a little girl and all the gang violence as teenager, I wouldn't have been able to go through that if I wasn't able to block out pain. You know what I mean? Like I was a pro at blocking out pain and, you know, we all have stories. There's so many amazing stories out there, but you know what, to have a full blown conversation like I am today and to be able to explain my process and my story is just a God miracle mm. to me. That is my Romans eight twenty eight. you know, and uh, what the enemy meant for evil, God meant for good. And that's why I'm sitting on this podcast today. 
And I don't know what the listeners may be going through, Athena, but I want to encourage them that they can overcome. They can overcome with the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. They can, you know, and I might not no, be saying you that said it right. verse exactly <laughs> right, but you, yep. you know what I mean? Well, and know? that's the thing is, you know, the enemy has figured out how to shame us into silence so that we don't talk and we don't process that pain and that trauma from our past. And so that keeps us in bondage and keeps us, you know, not able to be a help to someone else. So it's these kinds of resources, like you offer in your book, you're not only your story of overcoming, but what you learned and how you've been able to share that with others is so life-giving and so empowering. And, you know, the church has, you know, it's time for the church to step up and help Mm -hmm. people with their trauma. And (laughs) I mean, yeah, I love that that was my absolutely. beginning as a believer at age 33 was in going into ministry with Vietnam veterans and their family members, starting to embrace and understand post-traumatic stress, not only for the veterans, but for yeah. the women who were married to them, who were trauma survivors themselves. So this is this is a very yeah. cool full circle for me to hear your yeah. story. And Aww. yeah. Aww. That's so awesome. And you know, too, I'm glad that you brought up like different types of trauma because there's so many different types of trauma, Athena, and it all needs to be about validated. And I'm talking even the simple trauma if a child saw their dog be hit. I mean, that's trauma. And, and I, you know, yeah, my story may be big, but my trauma is the same as your trauma. Trauma yeah. is trauma and the Lord cares about it. It doesn't matter the level, but the Lord cares about it, you know, and I think it's in Proverbs 4, 23. It says above all else, guard your heart. Cause you know, what in it is what flows out of it, you know? And he's the one that says, I think in Isaiah 61, you came to heal the brokenhearted and set the captives free. I mean, if you just look at the word of God, it's just such a powerful thing. And if we could just fully trust him with our healing process, because a lot of times when I get done speaking, Athena, people kind of come to me and it's almost like they want to shake me, like, heal me. I want healed now. I want the answers now. And it's not how it works. Even though we serve a mighty God who can raise the dead and depart the Red Sea, sometimes people get an instant touch. But I do know this. I spent a few years in counseling and my God did for me what 20 to 30 years of counseling could Mm -hmm. not do. The two years of counseling benefited it, but my God and the Holy Spirit speed, he sped up the process. Amen. So what message of hope do you want to, I mean, I've already heard a number of them, but, but if you could pick one message of hope that you'd like to leave with our listeners, share that with us. Yes. So your sister Paula is going to say, trust the process, Mm. trust the process. It's one step forward and three step backwards and also sometimes it feels like it's not working and when you feel like the lord's quiet and when you feel like he's not working let me tell you what i learned in my healing journey that is when he is working the most trust the process and don't give up because it's like crawling through a black tunnel and if you don't quit 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 crawling you will come out on the other side and see Mm. the light amen Well, you know, I was going to ask you to share a few tips or tools to help our listeners kind of stay grounded in the fact that God is always working things together for good, even when we can't see it. You just, I think, answered that. But is there anything else you'd like to add to uh, any tip or tool that you'd like to add to that? I do. The tools that I want to leave with you is that it's okay to look for a therapy. If you have trauma or you grew up in addiction, I would really encourage you to find a therapist who has a background in trauma therapy and they're familiar with addiction. I also want to encourage you that you don't have to stick with the first therapist that you found because sometimes it takes a while to find your Mm. match. I also want to encourage you that there's 12-step recovery programs for um, Narcotics Anonymous, sex addiction, food addiction, um, for every type of addiction out there. And you know what? It's a, a lot of Christians, whether you're a believer or non-believer, there's a lot of good people in those meetings and great support, you know? And also too, um, 
you can also find me on Facebook and Instagram because I share a lot of tips and tools, just encouragement to kind of get you through. So. so, so if people do want to find you online, where's the, is, are you most active on Instagram or Facebook or where? Um, so I'm most active on Instagram, but I am also very active on Facebook. And then if you wanted to send me a message, you can just go to also my website at paulajosh.com. So it's P-A-U-L-A-J-A-U-S-C-H.com, correct? No, no, no S. S. So it's, yeah, it's Paula, P-A-U-L-A. J-A-U-C-H dot com. Praise the Lord. I'm glad I said it and you've corrected me. (laughs) Oh gosh. Well, it has been an absolute delight to have you on the show today and just to hear your heart and just God is so working through your brokenness that God has healed. And I just love that, that you're, you're vulnerable, you're transparent, you're authentic and you know, that's, that's where people resonate and that's what they need to hear. There's hope you for what you went through for God to do what he has done and allow that pain to give you a ministry that just comforts others with the same comfort Jesus comforted you with. It's just astounding. And I just love to see it. And I'm just so encouraged to have you in the redemption press family and, just to be able to share your message. Mm -hmm. It's just, I'm just blessed. Thank you, Athena. Thank you for having me. I just spent three days with 400 plus women from across North America who all feel called to write for the King. And can I just tell you, God did immeasurably more than we could have ever asked or imagined. I am overwhelmed at how God showed up and answered the cries of so many hearts, inspiring, equipping, and motivating women to share their redemption stories. Some called it an intersection of women's retreat and writer's conference without the pressure of preparing a pitch for agents or editors. I love that description. If you missed the conference, you can still join after the fact to view all of the teachings five keynotes, two panels, and eight breakout segments, and connect with others in the private Facebook community. Go to SheWritesForHimConference.com and get in on the incredible teaching and inspiration. So we are going to start the second half of our show today doing something a little bit differently This has always been our Insider Insights, where we answer questions, talk about publishing and writing and all those different types of journeys within um, the idea of communicating something that God has given us to communicate. And because of all that's been going on in our country, because of the statement we made as a company recently about racial injustice and wanting those that have a story to tell, we want to give them voice to share so that we who oftentimes have no idea uh, what a brother or sister of color experiences on a daily basis Um, Because my heart is to make sure that we listen and hear and understand Um, what I've done today. Instead of doing our Insider Insights, I've invited Kanita Williams back on the show. She was on, I believe it was in March of this year, and talked about her piece in the She Writes for Him compilation, uh, which was, if I remember, it was about betrayal. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, it didn't until today, until we were like, okay, we're going to do this. I all of a sudden had a thought, wait, did that story have something to do with racial injustice? Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden we connected the dots. And so, Kanita, welcome back to the All Things Podcast. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to meet with me today. Yes, thank you so much, Athena. Thank you for having me here, and I'm I'm happy to be a part of the conversation. 
Amen. So just refresh us a little bit of that story and then kind of how you began to connect the dots on it being more than what it seemed on the surface. Yeah. Um, so when we were talking before, I mean, as I even wrote my piece, it was about betrayal. And, you know, ultimately it was just the betrayal within the church system and sitting around the table with my spiritual sisters and brothers and feeling the betrayal of, you know, me starting and working so hard on getting a project and a ministry started in the chapel system. And then ultimately me walking in one day and these roles and titles had been given to the other ladies around the table. And I was just shocked because they were all, you could clearly see there was a shift and who was in charge and who wasn't in charge before that. Cause before we were all working together, just sitting around the table, but you could clearly see in that meeting, there had been a shift. And here I did, I walk in and I felt like I was blindsided. I had no idea what I was walking into. And then it was like, from, from the leader, the chaplain, he had stated to me that, oh, we, I'm so sorry. We made a change. And she's now the director. And I said, oh, where'd we get titles from? You know, so now she's the director. And he said, oh, she's the worship leader and this and all she's a training person and I'm like okay where does that leave me you know and paint the picture for us hadn't you already built a pretty thriving women's ministry absolutely so we had a I came and when I started uh, working with the ministry I went in there and I seen a need there was only like four people having four ladies coming together and it was basically a coffee get together you know for these four friends and we entered a base with over 3000 members, you know? So it was like, why only three people are meeting? I had no idea. And, and because I was a, a veteran of the military and a pretty seasoned spouse, I, I knew the, how the system works and how there's often ministries for women and ministries for this and that, you know, children's ministry, all the different things. And, and it just wasn't there for the women. So I automatically seen the, need, seen the need and I was instructed to come up with a proposal and see what you can do. I presented my proposal. It was uh, accepted and they enjoyed it and loved it. And, oh, how about we not just make this your project? Let's make bring these other people because they've always wanted to do something too, you know. So, you know, me, I'm all about working together, right? So I just had no idea it was going to end up to the point where we're gonna we want what you have, but we're gonna now make someone else the leader of it. Thank you for what you brought to the table, but we're going to make other people the leader. So the ministry went really quickly from four women to like over a hundred, like in a couple, like a month. And wow. so it started thriving to the point where we had 11 small groups. We were working with um, spouses, active duty members, just all around the base. And it was like morning sessions and evening sessions. It just worked out well to the point. You were meeting a need. Meeting the need. And on a level where I believe God gave, gave me the vision to do so. And so not only was it, you know, hurtful for walking in on that, it was like, where's the why behind it? You know, like, mm. why did this happen? Or, you know, um, because like I said to you, I, I was seasoned, so a veteran of the whole military spouse circle. So um, where I walked in, a lot of these young ladies were younger than myself. Um, and then they also, so all when you look down the resume and the, just the whole look of it, it was definitely something where I should have been the leader. <laughs> right. You know, right. Not only did she bring it to the table, I was the one that has been around the longest. I'm the one that had the experience because I, I shared with you before that I've always been in women's ministry because that's where God had me. And so I've always done it wherever we went. I've always had my hand at women's ministry. So I've had the experience. So to walk in. And, you, and you'd been recognized as military spouse of the year. If, right. I mean, it wasn't like you were some, you know, yeah. like you tried a little thing here and there and right. you did what you wanted to do. No, you were recognized as a leader. You brought a lot to the table and you just love people. 
and you loved God and you wanted to serve. Yes. And I never even thought to ask the question when you told the story, when you wrote the story for She Writes for Him, didn't even occur to me. Right. Could this have been racially motivated? Yeah. And you know what? And that's, that's the beauty of, of your heart too, Athena, you know, just thinking like when we met and where I felt like I couldn't come up and talk to you or couldn't, uh, and you didn't treat me that way either. When we met, you had the same loving spirit for me that you had for my friends that were with me. And, you know, I had a multitude of friends with me and all backgrounds and you treated us all the same, you know, and that's the beauty of it. But unfortunately, everyone doesn't have that heart and everyone doesn't as much as we want to believe it, especially in the Christian circle, right? Mm-hmm. Our brothers and sisters, you know, where we're, we are, we are, we live by his spirit. You know, we are all, you know, when I say that I accepted Christ, he's now my father. So if he's my father, He's your father too, Athena, you know, right? and we're sisters. And so that's the way it should be. Right. And so in my heart of hearts, that's how I always address anyone. You know, our Bible says, try the spirit by the spirit. So I don't judge you because you have white skin. I don't, I don't want you to judge me because I have black skin, you know? So I just, um, so, so you can, even when we had this piece, when we talked about the, piece of betrayal and the whole storyline um even in that I never even wanted to address that that was the problem and that was the why but um as the story went on you know I I felt really offended I went to the chaplain to go speak with him about it and um the head chaplain which we call the wing chaplain I went to him to speak about it and he knew me personally because, like you said, I I had um, some experiences and things around the base where people knew me. It's a small base. And he was the one that started directing it towards the racial part, not me, um, because me in my heart, like I said, I don't I don't automatically go to that. That's not something I think of and definitely not something I want to see from my fellow sisters and brothers um, when we say that. We serve the same God and he is our Lord of Lord and, you know, King Kings and he's our daddy. He's our father. I didn't want to think that they would even judge me according to my color. And um, so when he started saying things, my husband went with me and we sat in there and I just looked at my husband because I was in shock that he knew, you know, he was just like, well, this looks like this to me. <laughs> and, and he's a white guy, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And he, but he saw what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And wow. Um, it was like, we went down the list, you know, when you looked around the table and he started looking at the people's experience versus my experience and, you know, taking all things off the table as far as color is concerned. And, um, you know, just looking at just experience and the whole resume, it was just like, you know, you're the obvious choice, you know? And mm-hmm. so, Um, you know, and then he said something to me that really threw me off. He was like, well, can you, and this is, this is, I think the piece that, you know, we often, um, get pushed to Athena. Um, so he says, well, we don't want to cause any issues and we don't want to cause any problems. So maybe it's God saying that you're supposed to mentor this young lady. So, you know, instead of telling me or uh, saying, Kanita, I see that you've been wronged, right? Or he started telling me this whole story about how he's been a chaplain for a while and he remembers a time when they put him in over the gospel service and it was more African-Americans and he felt uncomfortable. So he told me his like 30 seconds of uncomfortability. And it really, that's when the frustration came within me because it wasn't that Athena, I see you've been scratched or cut or abused, right? And it was just automatically, let me tell you how uncomfortable I was in this one little situation. And um, and then try to brush it away to make it 
a good minimize. yeah minimize it and so for me that that was more hurtful than anything because you've seen mm-hmm. exactly what was happening you're the one that's mostly acknowledging it and you're telling me hey just so we don't ruffle any feathers or don't get you know causes how about you just still because it's a good work to still be an event planner and still cook and all that stuff you love that don't you and I'm just like I was so floored and um, so disappointed, so disappointed. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and, and I think that's my issue with a lot of situations, Athena. A lot of times people see the wrong. They absolutely see it. A lot of times they're the ones that see it before I do, because that's not what I'm looking at. They're looking for. And then they find a way to not change it or not invoke change. And I feel like that's the biggest piece that bothers me mm-hmm. is when you can make a change and you can make a difference and you choose not to. And- to avoid conflict yeah. and just be silent and minimize it and and then, you know, move on to other justifications. Yeah. Well, what about this? And what about that? And what about, you know, oh, I just, I hope that, you know, we are, growing to a place where we're not afraid to do that. I mean, you can speak up and speak out against something that is wrong without being hateful. That's the thing we, you know, you see people doing things that are hateful and they communicate with just hate and division and all that. It doesn't have to be said that way. Yeah. We can still point out what's wrong and call it what it is without you know, with the spirit of Christ. Yeah, you can, you can provoke change. And and, then that's the thing, like when you have the authority and when you have the peace, like coming from your voice, coming from like his voice would have carried so much more power at that point than me because of the position that he's in, because of the authority that he has, it could have made a change or at least open to the door to a conversation to lead to a change and you know and that's that's the problem i feel like um do we have a racism problem yeah absolutely but at the end of the day i feel like even in the case and things that are going on with mr floyd right so his death and then we look at the officers and we look at those things and you know, and I say this for anything, when you stand and you watch something happen and you can prevent it or you can cause a distraction and because um, we teach it, I, you know, I, I taught a, a system called Green Dot. You know, you distract or you, you know, deflect something that's happening and you be that green dot when things are happening and not just that red dot just stands there and let things happen. You know, so that's a big big piece that the Air Force has really pushed in the last few years, you know, be a green dot, you know, speak out on things, distract. If you can't be directly involved, just cause a distraction, you know, or cause something to deflect off it. And, and I think that's important. I think when we stand around and watch things happen or we're silent as things are happening and we're, we're just as bad, we're just as bad. Mm -hmm. We're just as bad. And I think that's, that's where I'm standing right now. And I feel like God has put me in that space because sometimes I look at stuff and I'm like, why do I keep experiencing these type of things, you know? And um, so when I look at things now, Latina, even in that situation, you know, I, I try to find ways where, okay, because I have some influence, because I have certain platforms, I try to be that voice. I try to be the one that can help you know, where if they're treating me this way, surely they're treating that young airman or they're treating that young lady that doesn't, you know, really have any kind of power or position that way, you know? So I believe God has has definitely caused me to bridge a gap, be a gap and um, be a bridge and fill in the gap for a lot of situations to invoke Mm. change. Amen. Amen. And, you know, the, the situation with your wing, uh, chaplain Mm -hmm. i mean he really is the one that should have gone and stood up to that because if you had it would have been like you're defending Mm -hmm. yourself but for him to say wait a second this is not right right," that that's what we should have seen and that's what i hope i can do in bringing people like you onto the show and 
you know, educating the rest of us who don't even see it in our own hearts. And uh, wow. Okay. So this was so, this was so good. What if, if we're going to wrap this up and if you could share just a thought to, for us to consider for, for white evangelicals to help us to kind of walk in your shoes what would you want to leave us with today? I would, I would encourage all of my sisters and brothers, my, my, even my white and my black and my Hispanic, you know, God has blessed me to be in an arena with so many be in, um, you know, a lot of people say they don't see color, but I want people to see color because you have to see it to be able to deal with the things that we deal with and experiences that we go through. You have to see color. So you can't be colorblind. You have to see it and you have to be able to put yourself in other people's shoes before you speak out. Um, I feel like if you could just find yourself in a position like yourself, having some authority, being in a circle where you can be an influence and you can be a voice to be just that and to have these hard conversations because they are hard, uh, have these hard conversations and then to open up your circle. I believe that a lot of times we gravitate to those that look just like us and we don't open up our circle enough to be able to, I can't know your experiences if I don't know you, right? I can just judge it based off of stereotypical things and what other people tell me. But when I open up my circle, which I'm so grateful that God has given me the grace to do that because I really do. I have a prepple of friends and that's why it's important to do that because you're also teaching your children that too. So you're teaching the next generation. So you're teaching the next generation to, hey, you know, you know, on Athena, she comes to the house. We have lunch with her, you know, you know, so when they see another white female or they're not, you know, skeptical or asking, oh, because I've seen it where children said, oh, what's what kind of hair do you have? Or, you know, and they're asking questions because you haven't exposed them to diversity. You haven't exposed them to things. So to to capture this whole picture and be able to feel experiences, you have to open yourself up to new experiences. You have to open yourself up to new community. You have to just be open-minded and open-hearted to be able to be a part of a different community. Is it uncomfortable sometimes? Absolutely. But when we're uncomfortable, we grow. And so just being able to sit down and have a conversation with Kanita and Athena just sitting down and saying, hey, girl, what have you experienced? Hey, girl, we both have some of the same experiences. But when we talk, we say, hey, that didn't happen to me. You know, I had to work a little bit harder. And then you can understand it and you feel the care, feeling the care of others and open yourself up to being able to experience new experiences and having the hard conversations. I say do it. If you have an opportunity to do it, Will you feel uncomfortable? Absolutely. But being uncomfortable causes us to grow just like anything else. You know, if we want to learn to cook something differently, we go out there and try to figure it out. We have to do this. And, And unfortunately, with race, we put it on the back burner for so long and haven't judged it and did it the same way that we do other topics. So I just think we have to just come together. And I believe something this ugly has caused us to be able to do it. Now we're all listening. I mean, every state had a protest, every state. And, you know, that's never happened before. So I believe that God is doing this for us to wake up and to see his children and his creation like he sees it. Amen. And when we go back to all things working together for the good of those who love the Lord, that's yep. exactly what it is. I think, and just him causing an uproar in this world and in society for us to finally say, oh my God, my sister's hurting. And it's this real, because think about it. We had this conversation about this, this same story just a few months ago, but sitting here today, I'm in tears, you're in tears because we're seeing that it was much more than your friend 
getting pulled uh, the ministry from her. It was your friend being judged because of who she is. And if that's what the world has come to, there's a problem. And it's, it's a people problem. It's a human problem. And we have to look at each other as our God's creation. If we hate what he created, how can we say we love who he is? Yep. Ooh, ooh, say that again. If we hate what he's created, how can we say we love who he is? Mm. And, you know, we're both a bucket of tears right now, but because we told this story just three months ago and it did it hurt us? Absolutely. Because it was, you know, that betrayal piece. But when you look at it in this lens. Yeah. And knowing the root and the motivation of it is sickening. Yeah, and it's then, way more hurtful than it was. The, the way and it was betrayal before <laughs> but when you realize the type of betrayal it really was yeah but it breaks my heart i didn't cry last time i'm crying right, this time right and under under the name of jesus under his watch because we were building a ministry yeah <laughs> so that's what makes it even more hurtful because my god is your god and we we should be walking together in unity and, mm-hmm. and it shouldn't be anything like this. If you have a great idea, I'm going to stand beside you. I, I stand beside you. I support you. And if I have a great idea, you push me and you make me do what God has within me. And it's not about she's black and I'm white. We're sisters. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for, I mean, this was a totally impromptu. I mean, I was starting to schedule over the next few weeks Yeah. and this was just the opportunity availed itself and you were available. And I just said, this needs to start this week on this show. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. My sister, you have been a blessing and I just can't tell you how much I'm just excited to see what God's going to do with us speaking up. And especially just being part of the solution instead of just being too busy to deal with it. Absolutely. It's time. It's time. It's time. And I'm so glad we're here together and doing it together. And I look forward to what God is going to do in the future for us to walk together and, and, uh, be that solution, be the solution and be the guy. And who knew? And who knew the book that you're writing that we're publishing? Yes. How, what's the What's the title? Free to see. Hello. Oh my God. I'm telling <laughs> you, and oh, that's a whole nother test story within itself. You know, I'm like looking at the battle of it, of getting it out there, and now I know that I'm supposed to do something a little bit different with that. And oh my. So. Look forward to it. We'll talk more about it, but I yes, think that's we why I really do. We're going to wow. do more in this, in this arena and we have the platform to do it. Right. So we're going to, we're going to do it together so people can be free mm-hmm. to see. See what's really below the surface, yeah. which we don't always, we judge by outward appearances yeah. instead of, okay, let's see what's mm. behind this. Mm-hmm. Woo. Girl. I love you. I love you. Sugar Bear loves you. I love you. <laughs> I was going to oh. ask you if your if your sweater was on right today and not inside out. That's I it. know the last time we were together, I was wearing this inside out with the label and you had to point it out to me. <laughs> uh, see, that's what sisters do. That's what sisters yes. do. I love you. Yes. Amen. Love you too. Thank you so much for taking your time. Kanita Williams, you are loved by many. Thank Thank you. you so much. Thank you so much. I love you. So thanks for joining us today for the All Things Podcast, brought to you by Redemption Press and the Romans 828 Bookstore. So, hey, I'd like to ask you a favor. If you would consider sharing this episode with your friends on social media, of course, only if you thought it was helpful, Or if you haven't yet left a review of the podcast on Apple, I would really appreciate it as, you know, it'll help other people find the show and let them know it really is a good one to listen to. So thank you so much for listening today and I'll see you next week.